Um, hi, everybody. A uh, quick second of things to say before the show starts where I say other things. Um, I'll be in Indianapolis at Morty's Comedy Club in Indianapolis, in Indiana, March 29th through 31st, this coming weekend. Get tickets at mortyscomedy.com. Come out and see me, and I'll be doing stand-up, and then we will laugh together. You'll laugh. I'll be doing the jokes. I will not probably be laughing. Otherwise, the show would have almost no words. We'd all be laughing at nothing, which makes no sense. I'll be in Fort Lauderdale April 25th. Zanies in Nashville, April 26th through 29th. Vegas at the Paris Hotel and Casino, May 3rd, 4th, and 5th. BenGlebe.com for all the details. But the main thing I want to tell you about is this. We all know and are excited and can't wait for Titanic to be re-released. James Cameron's masterpiece about forgotten love. Well, what you don't know is on April 4th, my film that I made years ago, a short film, in 1996, the same exact year Titanic came out and won Best Picture, I made a spoof of that film called Titanic 2, where I play Leonardo DiCaprio. And that film is being re-released as well on the internet for just 99 cents to watch it on April 4th, being re-released in its original, stunning 2D. And if I can talk to you like an adult for one second, the last thing you have to know before the show starts is... Last Week on Earth, this week, is again sponsored by AdamandEve.com. You go to their website, you buy any fun, let's call it, item you want. You get 50% off almost any item on their site and four free gifts and free shipping if you enter the promo code last week. I've never heard of such an unbelievable bargain in my life. I might be slightly overstating that, but it's still a pretty great deal. Check it out. And don't worry, I promise to be brief, and the show is starting right now. Dick Cheney finally gets a heart. Kim Kardashian gets doused with a white powder. Obama tells the Russians a secret. Angelina Jolie breaks the silence over her weird leg thing. Porn stars banned from the prom. John Edwards did not bang a prostitute. Ninja attacks on the rise. Rick Santorum cusses at a reporter. And Facebook made bold statement about privacy. In this week's Twitter answers, we talk life regrets. And as always, the thunder round. All this and more during the Last Week on Earth with Bentley. Not be driven by fear into an age of unreason. Oh my god, guys, listen up. I have an announcement to make. Did you guys know that I'm like the number one Google search last week? It could be the stuff of history, however, one way or the other. Okay, is Jessica Simpson here yet? And to those critics who are so pessimistic about our economy, I say, don't be economic girly man. How many sides does a triangle have? Damn, four. There's no side. One. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. As the theme song indicates, this is Last Week on Earth. I'm Ben Glebe. Thank you all for listening, for downloading this into your brains or your machines or, you know, both probably. Well, the machines first, then the brains. One of my big goals in life is to never have to pour or measure detergent ever again. 
And um, I think it's an achievable goal. I like to set goals that are easy to attain because that way you can attain them. And when you do, you feel amazing. You feel you feel like Superman um, minus all the skills and the powers um, and the ability to get girls. But you feel very accomplished in your detergent measuring needs and goals. You understand what I'm saying. It's nice to set the bar low in life. Um, I thank you all for tuning in. I should probably, I realize this is our 19th episode and I don't really ever explain the format of the show. So maybe I should do that in the show. Um, for new listeners, every episode, uh, I'll, you'll tune in and we start with, you know, sometimes I'll try to share something personal from my life and then, uh, just like a story that, that occurred, something interesting or strange. Then we go into news. We talk about news of the world. Um, and then, um, we have Twitter answers. We have question I ask on Twitter and then people answer them and I share those. And then we do the thunder round where I cover a lot of stories very quickly. The only thing that changes in the format is every other week I have a guest and then on the, on the odd weeks I'm hosting by myself because there's a lot of news to cover in this planet. Um, so that's the only difference. When I have a guest, we'll sometimes talk to them about their life first. Then they join me for stories. That's the only thing you have to know. Um, that'll, today's a solo episode. So it'll be us uh, traversing through the events of the globe. Um, and it's going to be difficult for me because I burnt my tongue moments ago. I uh, made some piping hot coffee. And um, I always forget. People do self-destructive things in their lives because the tea kettle started screaming at me. And so I, I, I thought, I go, go, I go get it. And I made the coffee and it was like enormous amount of steam coming out of it. And I know when it, once it, it, it screams at me, it's too hot to sip. I've learned this 20 times, but still I'm like, ooh, maybe this time temperatures have altered. And I sipped it and it's very painful. I can't feel my mouth. It's difficult to do a podcast when you can't feel your mouth. And, um, I've at least finally made peace with the tea kettle because, um, I used to get very, thrown off and it would yell at me i'm like i invite you into my home and you scream at me and it's like what are you trying to accomplish and i think it's not that it's angry i think it's just trying to tell me water's ready so I, i'm cool with that now they're trying to say like don't let your house burn down and get the water off here so I'm, I've, I've become cool with that but also today i bought like a cheap one of those big cheap old 7-eleven bottles of orange juice and i couldn't open it i was using shirts rags my bare hand, it jacks up my hand. The skin on my hand gets gets devastated by it. And I threw out my back while opening orange juice. I mean, I, I, I'm not the strongest guy in the world, but I, I'm not I'm not a weakling. I feel like we're going overboard with the childproofing of America. I feel like, yes, we should have certain things childproofed, but we don't need to make things like, like abnormally strong Hulk childproof. That is a step too far in the wrong direction. It, it, if you ask me and I'm fighting with drinks today, it seems, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm losing the battle against all kinds of beverages, hot, cold. It's difficult. Um, we all know we're all looking forward to the big event in this country. April 4th, America's favorite film Titanic is being re-released this time in 3d. Uh, James Cameron's best picture winner about the ill-fated ship and it's coming back out so they can make more money off it. But here's what you guys don't know. In college, the same year that the film came out, I think it was 1997, I did a parody of that movie, a 14-minute short film, a spoof called Titanic 2. And the premise of it is that it takes place exactly after Titanic 1 finishes, when Rose drowns, well, uh, 
Spoiler alert, I should have said before those words. But if you haven't seen Titanic, here's the thing. I'm sorry I said that right there. But Rose drowns her sorrows in alcohol. Um, and that's early in the movie. And then a lot of stuff happens afterwards. And by the way, she doesn't drown herself. Something else happens. So if you haven't seen it, there's, I've not given anything away. Okay? But anyway, I'm re-releasing Titanic 2, my short film, on the same exact day that Titanic is being re-released. And mine will be seen for the first time ever since its original release in its original stunning 2D uh, format. So that's going to be very exciting. I'll tell you guys next week where you can go online. It'll be... um. 99 cents to watch it and you'll be able to see the see the see the short film and enjoy it and i'll play you an audio clip next week to tease you a little bit about it but i wrote it and directed it and of course i played the leonardo dicaprio role um it's just typecasting guys you know us guys who look exactly like leonardo dicaprio we get grouped together so it's just, you got to deal with that our show's brought to you this week by character floss the world's first dental floss that also points out the flaws in your personality you know you should floss every day, but admit it. You don't have the discipline. Character floss. Try to use us at least once a month, you falling short of your goals, man with weak gums. It's not a sponsor. But we also have a legit sponsor this week, adamandeve.com. is sponsoring us again uh, for the third straight week. I'll tell you more details in a minute, but basically go to their website, adamandeve.com, enter the promo code last week with no spaces in the middle when you check out. And... You get all kinds of free stuff. Three free movies, another free gift, free shipping, and 50% off pretty much anything on their site. So check that out if you get a minute and support our sponsors. So in essence, you're supporting us. Um, big story this week. During the last week on Earth, Dick Cheney gets a heart transplant. Our dear former vice president, Dickard Cheney, transplanted heart, 71 years old. I'm I'm dumbfounded how the man is still alive. He's had 14, 15 heart attacks. He has had a pacemaker for a while. He would unplug on television interviews to be super creepy Darth Vader style. And he just got a brand new heart. There were rumors that Cheney was given priority and jumped the line, but it turns out actually not to be true because the average wait is 6 to 12 months. And Cheney waited 71 years to get a heart. So I, don't, I think he definitely waited long enough. Um, this is the first time in medical history that a man has survived the first seven decades of life without ever having a heartbeat. So that's very interesting. And, um, he's now said he never has a need to return to Oz. He will live the rest of his life on earth. Um, and, um, also people wonder why didn't he have it earlier? He would have had the transplant months ago, but it took them a while to sneak Gaddafi's heart out of Libya. He only wanted the heart of a dictator. That was his only demand. He's like, whatever it is. I don't care if I die waiting. I want a dictator's heart. He wanted to get Saddam Hussein's heart, but there's a lot of politics there. It's like they won't let us take the oil out of Iraq. They're certainly not going to let us take the hearts out of Iraq. So, I'm torn that way. Um, and speaking of being a dick, I'd like to talk for a minute about the Don't Be a Dick Pledge, if I could, which can be signed. It's a pledge I created a while back on the show, and it can be signed at tinyurl.com slash don't be a dick pledge. Um, but with that, I have a confession to make, and um, if you can indulge me for a minute, um, I violated the pledge that I created. Um, I don't like to talk much about the personal details of, of my life or 
the relationships I have with those close to me. Because I think, you know, sometimes people's over-willingness to do that is what's wrong with our society. But um, if you'll allow me to briefly speak in general terms, um, I didn't try to be a dick. Um, but I realized this week that by only seeing the world one way, um, my way, uh, colored by my own experiences and prejudices and insecurities, I was not respecting the viewpoint of somebody incredibly important in my life. And in doing so, I pushed her away. Uh, the don't be a dick pledge says that you will also not stand by when you see someone else being a dick. Cause that's just as bad, obviously. To the extreme, you know, that's how the Nazis were able to tear through the world. For too long, nobody stood up to them. No one called them out. And sometimes to not be a dick, you have to realize the error of your own ways and call yourself out and speak up when your actions fall short of who you want to be. And mine did. Um, I failed. Sometimes you can be a dick by accident. I, I didn't intend to act this way, but um, I've learned in the last few days that being a dick is more than just overt action sometimes. You can also be an asshole simply through hubris, through through ego, through thinking you are right just because you believe you must be seeing things the one true way. And oftentimes ego can stand in the way of understanding, um, but that doesn't make it right. That's unacceptable behavior, and I've been guilty of it, and... um I just wanted to talk about it. You know, that's also how religions have manipulated civilizations and steamrolled, th- steamrolled through countries and, and imposed their will upon populations. You know, religions believed so strongly that the way they saw some unseeable, unknowable thing was the only way to see it and that they murdered, they murdered people with swords to make everyone else conform to their belief system. And they pretend like, I sweep that on the rug until it never happened, then it's just, oh, it's a chill religion now. I've always believed that the leap of faith religion asks you to make is ridiculous. It's a leap based on no evidence into a, into a system that's full of manipulation. But a leap of faith and trust in those close to you, people who've always done right by you and have proven their worth, is, is an essential leap to make. And it's really a matter of respect and... um like I've said on the podcast before with regards to politics and the insane polarization of our world in general, one of the biggest problems is that people tend to see things in black and white, in absolutes, when in reality it seems that most often the truth lies in the middle somewhere, if there's even any objective truth at all. Um, but I guess I'm learning that regardless of truth, What's actually much more important in life is, is respect. Respecting thoughts and ways of seeing that are not always your own. It's the only way to remain humble in life. And if you see things only your own way, then you're ignoring the fact that you could be wrong, which obviously is not true. Of course, anybody can be wrong. You're ignoring your own flaws, which is very stupid. We're all flawed people. Um, but when you take it further and expect someone else to conform to your way of seeing things, and when you're unwilling to look at things from their perspective and see and accept their perspective as just as valid as your own, then you're a dick. Um, that's not who I want to be. And so I realized I had to call myself out and I wanted to do it to my podcast audience because that's the only way that I could keep it real and, and, you know, ex- share that I failed. Um, I think sometimes we avoid hard truths about ourselves because we don't want to damage our own self-image or the way 
that we look to the outside world. Appearances are very important to us, you know. The way we look, though, means nothing if it's built on sand. And I think the only way to have a truly healthy ego is to admit your flaws. Because you can't work on them if you first don't acknowledge what they are. Um, if you don't admit that you're not always as great as you might think you are, then your self-image is just a mirage. You know, it might look nice from a distance, but when you get close to it, you realize that there's nothing actually there. Um, and that's not the kind of person I want to be. And I promised all of you listening that I will try very hard to hold myself to a higher standard. And, um, that I realize was not very funny. Madonna encourages drug use. Like this is a shocking story. She was performing, uh, the other day at the ultra music fest in Florida. Um, and, uh, Listen to what she said to the crowd before she introduced a certain famous DJ. Uh, here's here's the material one. I have an, I have a few questions for you. How many people in this crowd have seen Molly? Oh, Madonna, 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 trying to be relevant, trying to be young. I have a few questions. I have some guy. May I ask a query of the rave audience? How many of you have used the MDMA drugs this eve tide? Um, Molly is a nickname for MDMA, and uh, she was trying to act hip and saying, but in, in her defense, because Deadmau5, one of the most famous DJs in the world, who spells his name Deadmau5 for some reason, and we're supposed to just know because we're really hip, that uh, the number five is <laughs> pronounced, it's pronounced said now. But um, he went to his Facebook page when he heard this and ripped Madonna Saying, and I quote, very classy there, Madonna. Herder, has anyone seen Molly? What a great message for the young music lovers at Ultra. Quite the effing philanthropist. But hey, you're hip and trendy. Fucking can't smack my head hard enough right now. Okay, first of all, you probably can't smack your head hard enough because you're tripping on Molly's. Everything feels great. Okay, secondly, I kind of feel you. Maybe she shouldn't be like, Saying that, but she's also never been a role model once in her entire life. And B, everybody there is on Molly's. 90% of the people. You heard the crowd response. And um, of all drugs, you know, there are some very negative drugs out there. Brian Cranston talked to us about the ill effects of meth. Uh, Molly's, lovely drug. I think world leaders should take Molly's. They would, they would really never start a war again. They would end up like rubbing each other's hands and putting combs through their hair because it feels amazing. And just, you know, commiserating and and connecting to our common humanity. Can you imagine Ahmadinejad and Santorum and Obama just mollied out, rolling around? I, I don't know. I'm not terribly against it. I'm not encouraging drug use, everybody listening. I just kind of am. Kim Kardashian flower bombed this week. Kim was hurt mostly, I think. And I don't know if you, know if you guys heard, 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 the, heard the story. So let me set the stage better. She was on a red carpet, and a PETA activist just attacks her and throws flour all over her. She's drenched in white powder. And um, firstly, I didn't even know that Kim was ever known for fur. As far as I understand, Kim's fully waxed. So I don't even know what the woman was protesting. But in, and in a strange twist, too, the second that Kim got covered in this white power powder, Lindsay Lohan, confused, appeared out of nowhere and started snorting her. So that was really odd. You didn't see that coming. And I think that Kim uh, was mostly embarrassed about the fact that anybody might think she would ever use cooking products. 
This flat this flower, someone threw it on me, guys. I've never been in the kitchen. Um, Kim's flower attacker, a very influential PETA activist, but PETA itself, the animal organization, people for the ethical treatment of animals, denies any connection to this flower bombing. Um, so it's not an official attack, but, but the woman who did this, Christina Cho, has a history, apparently, of staging these very dramatic anti-fur protests in PETA's name. In 2010, she grabbed the mic from Donna Karen, the, the, the designer, at a women's conference, and um, started screaming about the use of fur in fashion. I heard one time this woman got up in front of a crowd and actually made fur out of a ton of animals just to prove how disturbing it is. That last part's probably not true. Um, Kim's brother, I'm sorry, uh, Kim's sister, Chloe Kardashian, has renounced PETA because of this and has quit as their spokesperson. Spokesman? Spokesman? Spokesperson? Um, she will no longer be posing naked for their ads. But is, isn't that letting the flower bombers win in a way? I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. Chloe actually has a pretty nice body. I'd say she has the best body, really, of any women above eight feet tall. Uh, listen, I'm just kidding. She seems sweet. My body ain't so great that I should be talking. Though I've never been, you know, I, I've never in my life uh, posed nude. I would if anybody asked. Nobody asks. I've been looking around, posting Craigslist ads. For real, though, Khloe Kardashian gets a bad rap. She needs a new rap. One that covers more of her body. It's a joke, people. I would never say anything bad about her. I did it again, I realized, but listen, I'm so sorry for it. I'm so sorry that we had to see her naked. I can't stop doing it. I don't know what. Listen, seriously, I, I think she's kind of hot sometimes, okay? I'll even imagine being in bed with her sometimes. Her towering over me. Get ready for me. It's hot. Listen, seriously, she's a cutie and seems like the nicest Kardashian of all the Kardashians. So I should not have said any of that. Um, time to move on. Our sponsor again to mention this week, adamandeve.com. If any of you are looking to spice things up in the bedroom, uh, wanted to spice things up for your sex life or buy them for yourself, go to adamandeve.com to get a toy or an adult movie. And here is the offer that they are giving just to my listeners. 50% off for limited time only of just about any item on their site. And when you select your one item, you will also receive three free adult DVDs and an extra gift that is so sensual and exciting that I'm not even going to tell you what it is, but it's pretty awesome. And to top that off, they will throw in free shipping on your whole order. So go to adamandeve.com, 50% off when you type last week, no spaces, L-A-S-T-W-E-E-K, as the coupon code when you check out. And, um... If you've always wanted to buy, you know, adult products like that, but have been nervous to do it, now's the perfect chance. Tell them if anybody ever even see, they're not going to see. It's discreet. It's the internet. But if anybody ever even said, "What's this stuff?" Be like, "Yeah, I'm supporting the coverage of political information on this planet." So back off, Ghostbuster. And you just tell them that, and then you guys pull out your things and have a good time. Um, Facebook. Speaking out this week against employers asking for passwords. There's a new trend apparently that a lot of uh, businesses have started this hiring practice where they're asking their employees or job applicants for their Facebook passwords to be able to peruse what kind of person they are and look at all their stuff. And Facebook says, do not do this unless you want to get sued. And I quote here, Aaron Agin, the chief's 
the chief privacy officer of the site who said, this practice undermines the privacy expectations and security of both the user and the user's friends. She added, plus, abusing people's privacy is kind of our thing. Here at the book. She didn't say that last part, but I find it interesting. They're all of a sudden putting their foot down about privacy. They've changed their privacy policies more often than I've changed a baby's diapers. If the person saying that joke right there were, were a father or a mother who's changed diaper. I've never changed diaper in my life. It's gross. I'm sure it's got to be done. I feel like I would train my child by 30 months to change his own diaper. It's like the first thing I'd focus on. Not worry about eating. Don't worry about l- learning how to not pee. Or s- just changing the diaper. It's just one little Velcro move, right? Come on. It's fine. Have that kid probably trained by about six months. Go walk into the store by seven, nine months, somewhere in there. Jake Gyllenhaal, low-key lunch at Earth Cafe. JustJared.com reports that Gyllenhaal kept a low profile while leaving Earth Cafe. After having lunch on Monday at the Beverly Hills hotspot. I mean, why would you ever have a low-key meal when you're that famous? It doesn't make sense to me. I'd be walking into the restaurants. Jake Gyllenhaal here. Hello. I would be the Oprah of Jake Gyllenhaal's were I to be Jake Gyllenhaal in my life. And I'm not. That's just going to be a dream for me. That's going to stay in dream territory. Um. I could probably get surgeries to become more Gyllenhaalish. Gyllenhaalish? How do you conjugate that? Um, but I'm not going to do it because healthcare is really up in the air right now. What are you talking about, Ben? Oh, let me explain. The Supreme Court just yesterday started, or two days ago by the time you hear this, just started recording Monday night this week, just started uh, hearing the biggest case it's heard in quite some time, the Obamacare case has finally reached the highest court in our land. The sweeping overhaul of our nation's health care system, that is the major thing the Republicans are criticizing Obama for, and the major thing that is the signature achievement of Obama's administration, they are hearing whether or not it is actually going to be ruled as constitutional or not, whether or not um, they can have a mandate forcing people to buy insurance. And the argument against it is that you can't. You can't force people to do anything. The government can't do that. And the Obama administration will be arguing that they're not forcing people to buy anything, but since people who can't afford coverage usually just go to emergency rooms, use all those services, mooch off the system, and then everybody else gets charged for it, they're just regulating existing commerce, which constitutionally they are allowed to do. Um, they're not allowed to create commerce. They can regulate it. So that, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out because I don't know why Granted, you got to figure out if it's constitutional, but Republicans just seem so badly to want to stop anything that helps a poor person. It's like, listen, I know it's probably – you're going to cover everybody? Can we revise the rule where we only cover rich people? Then we're cool with the mandate. I'm fine with covering the rich because they were worth more money. If you're going to cover poor people, now there's going to be lines when the rich people go to the hospitals. Don't worry. You still got your private hospitals. You can still go to your gold-plated hospitals and get shoved into a Dick Cheney heart transplant room on a golden gurney where dictators' hearts are being shifted in and out of the tin man himself. There's plenty of time. But the first thing the court has to decide, which they were hearing arguments on today, is even whether they're allowed to hear it yet. Because the, uh, people, some people are arguing that the mandate punishing people who don't want to buy the insurance, the fine that they give them, is actually a tax. And if it's a tax, the Supreme Court would have to wait 
until somebody actually pays that tax to hear the case. That won't be until 2015. Um, but both sides don't want that. Both sides want this over and done with now. And in fact, the Obama administration is doubling down. They've always fought the label Obamacare. They call it the health protection, whatever, some bullshit. And they're finally embracing it, saying, you know what? Call it Obamacare. It's not going to be an insult anymore. And they're embracing that term. And the decision is going to come down definitely before July, all the dissenting opinions and majority opinions. So we're going to know smack dab in the middle of the presidential race if his whole signature achievement is overturned or not. And that is going to be prime fodder for last week on Earth and just, you know, for our nation in general and whatnot. Um, it's been an interesting political week. Rick Santorum getting pissed, curses at a reporter. Uh, lost his cool a little bit after a speech he made. First, let me play you a clip of the speech. And here it is. Pick any other Republican in the country. He is the worst Republican in the country to put up against Barack Obama. Okay, you just heard that clip. During the sound clip, by the way, I took another sip of my coffee, burnt my tongue again. So I feel like I've, I, I, that wound is fresh again. Um, so you already said right there. Now, please listen to right after that, a, a reporter, moments after, asking him why he said that Romney was the p- worst Republican in the country. Here is Santorum's response. <laughs> what speech did you listen to? Right here. Just right here. You said he is the worst Stop Republican. Stop lying. I said he was the worst Republican to run on the issue of Obamacare. And that's what I was talking about. I have said uniquely... For every speech I give, I say he is uniquely disqualified to run against Barack Obama on the issue of health care. Would you guys quit distorting what I'm saying? Do you think he's the worst Republican to, to run, run on against Barack Obama on the issue of health care because he, he fashioned the blueprint? I've been saying it in every speech. Quit distorting my words. Yeah, you heard that right there, guys. Um, he took it even to another level. Um, Listen to how he escalates it. What are you guys in the business of doing? Reporting the truth? Or are you you here to try to spin and make news? Stop. That was actually just the the lesson he gave the guy. We're missing the clip somehow where, um, I'll just tell you what happened. Santorum said to the guy, it's bullshit. He said, if you're going to keep switching my words, it's bullshit and you're a liar. He said bullshit. And that made big uproar. People got thrown all out of sorts about it. Um, but on this one, I actually have to defend Santorum because the speech was about healthcare. The whole speech was about how he's a better candidate to take down Obama's signature achievement of healthcare. And Romney is the one who started the model for Obamacare in Massachusetts. And he's right. The media cannot just try to create headline stories by taking things out of context. That I don't even do that on my podcast. And the point of this thing is to be silly and to make people smile. I don't even do that. So let's try to not – let's try to do what Rick Santorum says we should do and be honest to our – the intention of things and not try to twist facts and not try to overblow things dramatically just to scare people. Oh, except, of course, moments later uh, this came out that Santorum's campaign just put out the most deceitful, horrible, exaggerated ad. It's a bit of a long clip because I couldn't cut anything out. It's so insane. This is how – the Centorum campaign is depicting uh, President Obama and his term so far in office. Check this. 
Small businesses are struggling, and families are worried about their jobs and their future. The wait to see a doctor is ever-increasing. Gas prices through the roof, and their freedom of religion under attack. And every day, the residents of this town must come to grips with the harsh reality that a rogue nation and sworn American enemy has become a nuclear threat. Welcome to a place where one president's failed policies really hit home. Welcome to Obamaville. More than a town, a cautionary tale. Coming soon to RickSantorum.com. Welcome to Overblowing Facts. It's called politics. That is insane. Literally, it's a horror film. They're going to have an eight, like an eight part, I believe, mini series horror story on Santorum's website about the Obama administration. I mean, they're producing, they're, they're producing shorts now. What is this American horror story comp- competition? That's the most insane thing. And the controversial thing about that ad, especially, is the end when he goes, and our sworn enemies, whatever the hell he says, right? Uh, shows an image of Ahmadinejad, Iran's president, on the screen, and it quickly morphs and, 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 and shoots in and out of quick couple frames of Obama morphing into Ahmadinejad's head. Almost so quick that it seems subliminal. You can barely see it. And when confronted about that, Politico.com, uh, had a conversation with Santorum spokesman Hogan Gidley about that exact fact, and Gidley responded, quote, don't be ridiculous. He's the president of the United States. Ahmadinejad is the president of our sworn enemy. I don't, I don't know that it was interspersing. I'm confused by that. Obviously, I'm not trying to say anything about Obama and Ahmadinejad. What? Other than the fact that their faces are melding into each other like a Dali painting? That is such, to use Santorum's word, bullshit. That is such bullshit to try to identify in people's brains that are our, our, our biggest enemy who's also this Muslim dude, and that's the rap Obama always gets. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I love how Muslim's the new gay. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Not that there's anything wrong with that. He's a Muslim. So where's Mitt Romney in all this? Is Mitt Romney an etch-a-sketch? Seems that way because his top advisor, Eric Furstrom, made a big mistake this week. When Romney obviously is known for flip-flopping on, on his opinions on issues, um, on CNN, he said that he's not concerned about his candidates moving all the way to the far right recently about if that will alienate moderate voters once the general election comes because he said once general election starts, no one will remember. And I quote, he said, I think you hit a reset button for the fall campaign. Everything changes. It's almost like an etch-a-sketch. You can kind of shake it up and restart all over again. Well, this created a firestorm because that's exactly the rap that Romney gets, and his own people are saying that about him. And it also brings up questions as to why Etch-A-Sketch has made it so hard to make rounded sides. All I could ever make on Etch-A-Sketch was like a jagged, ugly staircase. That's all I could ever do, or like a square Frankenstein head. It's just kind of Romney-ish when you think about it. But um, so he has to now tackle that problem and try to recover and uh, after the, hot off the presses of his win in Illinois this last Tuesday, after the wins in Mississippi and Alabama that Santorum had, Romney finally gets some steam back and then, boom, gives it all away. Um, people are now wondering again who the real Mitt Romney is, which 
led to the creation by this man named Hugh Atkin, a very funny, you got to see the video too if you look it up online on contraband with a K dot com. But I'll play you now a uh, 45 second audio clip of the spoof of the Eminem song, Will the Real Slim Shady Please Stand Up? Will the Real Mitt Romney Please Stand Up? I repeat, Will the Real Mitt Romney Please uh, Stand Up? We're going to have a problem here. Act like you haven't seen a Mormon before. George, out of the floor. I'm not concerned about the very poor who got it wrong. Sorry, that's not what I meant. I want every American to be at the top 1%. I'm really named a Willard. That's my first name. I'm not looking for a colony on the moon just for someone to blame. I like being able to fire people. I'm Newt You're fired. I'm Rick Santorum, and I'm fired. Boom, boom, boom. Conservative women. Love Mitt Romney. And I love cars. I love lakes. I'm running for office for Pete's sake. With regards to abortion, pro-life, pro-choice. I firmly believe in my own singing voice. For purple mountains, majesty above the fruited plain. <laughs> Where are we at, John? What what a what a heartbreaking voice he has! Like a beautiful melts butter voice that that Romney has. Oh, the robot man himself. I mean, literally, that's, that speaks for itself. The man is is such to me a shell of a man who just is so desperate in everything he says to want to become president that uh. People need to see through it. But actually, it's probably like, in some ways, he's like the perfect president for us because he's shallow and changes based on polls. All we care about is being able to vote ourselves. We should really, like I said before, we, we should elect our president by text message vote. 39 cents, unlimited voting. You raise money that way. It's like a tax put on there right there. It's a good idea. It's an okay idea. It's not a wonderful idea. It's ruin, undermine our whole democracy. It's a bad idea. I take it off the table. Um, something else pretty serious happened this week that I think merits talking for sure. The Trayvon Martin controversy has exploded in the country. About a month ago, um, this young, seemingly very innocent, sweet, young African-American man, 17 years old, uh, he's a kid, was walking home late at night from the store where he bought Skittles and iced tea. He's unarmed. And this guy, George Zimmerman, this 28-year-old um, guy who's the leader of his neighborhood watch program, uh, Calls the police, says he's suspicious, and the police are like, stay where you are, follows him around, ignores their advice to not get involved, and then ends up shooting and killing this kid. And it's created an enormous controversy, and the cops, because of Florida's stand-your-ground law, say he claims it was self-defense, so they're not arresting him. He hasn't even been arrested for a second. And obviously it needs to be figured out, but um, this is an issue that really needs to be tackled in the right way, because first of all, somehow the police just leaked now uh, that... Uh, Trayvon Martin was on a suspension of two weeks from school because the school found a bag with marijuana residue in his bag. What, like that makes somebody violent? We all know the incredible violence caused by marijuana. Just a few nights ago, I was stoned, and I honestly, I violently attacked several bags of chips. I jumped right in there, and the chips had nothing to say about it. Um, but, but we also, to make sure our, our system stays in place and we don't through hysteria, undermine our whole system, we need to make sure that Zimmerman's not convicted in the court of public opinion before he even faces a trial or all the facts come out. That's what our whole system's based on. If it was racially motivated and inappropriate force was used, of course this man should be locked up for the rest of his life. Um, but if it does turn out to be self-defense, if the if the kid attacked him, which is possible, apparently the guy had a broken nose after it and scratched all over himself, um, then then he shouldn't. Um, it does seem, again, though, the fact that he ignored the cop's warning that he was pursuing Trayvon and not the other way around. Um, and in one of the 911 calls, it even sounds like Zimmerman might have used a racial slur. And if it, 
if he did, it certainly calls to question this man's intentions and I think it's certainly more evidence that is it is a racially motivated thing. But I just think it's very important that um while we need to be beyond uh persecuting people in this country based on the color of their skin, such a such a stupid and arbitrary thing that means nothing and should not separate us. We also need to apply that to both sides and make sure that we don't escalate racial tensions in the country by calling racism before we know that's what's behind this. It obviously hasn't stopped Al Sharpton, who immediately combed his hair and jumped out there and is, and is saying that it easily is, 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 is the, the demonizing of black people in this country. And Jesse Jackson, who always loves to be at these events, did the same thing. Um, but I think caution is necessary. Um, even former NAACP leader C.L. Bryant has accused Jackson and Sharpton of exploiting this tragedy to divide the country racially. And I quote, his family should be outraged at the fact that they're using this child as the bait to inflame racial passions. Um, and uh, he's, he even went so far as to call them race hustlers and said they're acting as though they're buzzards circling this young boy's body and using it for, and using it for their own gain. And again, that all does remain to be seen. Um, and that will come out, but I just think it's important that we don't blow things out of proportion by assuming facts we don't yet know. And, um, to transition out of that topic, um, it also says that, or just came out that the, the federal, I, th- I think there was a, a federal task force that was launched to investigate it too. They're going to be using voice recognition software to determine because on, on one of the 911 tapes, someone screams help them, help in the background. And they don't know if it was Zimmerman or Trayvon Martin. So that'll help t- to figure out the truth in this case as well. But, um, voice recognition technology, uh, is how I'm transitioning out of this into a whole different topic because in my opinion, it's the coolest feature on phones these days. The voice recognition where literally you can just speak and it immediately turns into type. It's like you got a secretary, you got a robot secretary. In your phone at all times. The only problem is that sometimes it messes up, right? Sometimes the words will be off and it'll be kind of autocorrect style. So here's the tip. The first ever tip of last week I'll give you guys right now. If you want to improve the accuracy of your phone's voice recognition thing, talk like a robot. I've been doing this for about a year and people laugh, but it works. Let's say you want to say, I would like to go to the zoo and turn left at the monkey cages. I would say, I would like to go to the zoo and turn left at the monkey cages. You talk like a GPS if you want to train yourself. And it's near 100% accurate, people. So take that tip or leave it. You know, I think you should take it. It's a great tip. It's a great, great tip. Um, President Obama showed a little bit of his political side just earlier today. By the time you hear this, a couple days ago, um, when talking to Russian President Dmitry Medvedev, um, let me play you a sound clip, and then and then we'll discuss it. My last election, yeah. After my election, I have more flexibility. Okay, the sound on the clip was horrible. It's very low, but let me explain what was said there. Um, Obama says to him on all these issues, but particularly missile defense. This can be solved, but it's important for him, referring to Putin, for him to give me some space. And Medvedev, who's just a figurehead president, is obviously just a puppet for 
Putin, who's now back in charge anyway pretty soon, says, yeah, I understand. I understand your message about space. Space for you. And Obama goes, this is my last election. After my election, I have more flexibility. Medvedev goes, I understand. I will transmit this information to Vladimir. I mean, basically, it's like, I, I, I don't know. Any, I don't make decisions around here. But I will t- tell the fact. I'm like basically a courier service for uh, Vladimir Putin. Um, but this is creating a big stir. And it's going to be a major talking point you'll see in the news and in the campaign. Already Romney's jumped on it because – and I think in in fairness this time because Obama literally is saying, look, I'm not going to tackle issues right now that I know I should because it's not going to look good for my reelection. And I think it's insane that we just have our politics shut down for all effective legislation, for all significant legislation, for like a year, year and a half during – during presidential campaigns, every four years, one and a half of them, like practically a third of our of our country's history, is just totally like lame duck period where they can't pass anything significant. That seems to me insane, and um, but it's the case. And the only thing more insane than that that happened last week, and I am having a hard time even processing it, even wrapping my head around it. Ashley Olsen has quit acting. Ashley Olsen, you know her from Full House. She's dropping cold turkey to focus on her fashion empire. Her sister's still going to act. Don't worry, Mary-Kate's still in the game. Um, But you know the Olsen twins from the Full House when they were nine months old, and then you know them from... Uh... uh you know, you know them from the, the movie, the New York, New York Minutes or whatever, and they're, they're in a cab or something. And then you also know them from a bunch of direct-to-DVD films, made them a billion dollars. And we can't, the world of cinema can't let that go. There's never been such a twins, twinsome performing on the silver screen since Lindsay Lohan pretended to be her own twin in The Parent Trap, which I also never saw. And so now we're, now we, we lost both. We've lost Lowen to drugs. We've lost, uh, you know, the Olsen, the one Olsen girl is quitting. I already don't even remember who it is to over skinniness and, and, and fatigue. And it's like, what are, what are we supposed to do? The world of fashion, once she announced that she was focusing on fashion full time, the world of fashion started pleading for her to reconsider and go back to film while the acting world shouted back. No, no, no. She already decided to go over to you guys. No take backs. No take backs. The San Onofre nuclear reactor in California shut down this week. Uh, it's entirely shut down at the moment. And um, it's in Southern California between L.A. and San Diego. And they don't think it'll even be back up by peak summer usage. And the reason it's shut down, why? Unit 3 was shut down following January's radioactive leak. Oh, I was kind of buried somehow. There was a radioactive leak in one of our nuclear facilities here in Southern California. Oh, by the way, it's also right on the beach. Smart move, guys. Put your super volatile shit in tsunami zone. I who? What? And if you don't know which which one is the San Onofre nuclear reactor, it's the one that looks like two huge concrete titties. You saw the Naked Gun movies. It's two huge concrete titties with very erect nipples on top. And there's nuclear power in there. It can kill everybody. Like, that's like some powerful titties. You know what I'm saying? And, um... Investigators are still trying to determine why these tubes carrying hot, pressurized, radioactive water uh, started deteriorating at dangerous and unusual rates. I will tell you why. Because nuclear power is crazy, 
and should not be fucked with. We should not fuck with nuclear power, okay? We don't understand it. It's a little, the nucleus of an atom that can explode the world and we're just like, yeah, let's try to power our ovens with that shit. No. No. It's an, it's an idiotic plan. And also there's a problem for me personally because, like I said, San Onofre is between San Diego and L.A. And San Diego is just a half hour north of Mexico, which has always been my nuclear war escape plan. Go to Mexico. It's always been my plan because some people don't like Mexico, but nobody really hates Mexico. Plenty of people really hate America, and there could be an attack. Mexico, like you're going to get a bad taco and maybe some warlords trying to get drug money out of you. But you're not going to get a huge nuclear attack. So now, I guess I also need a nuclear leak escape plan, which I guess will have to involve heading up north and going wine tasting. My nuclear leak escape plan will be like the movie Sideways. I'm not drinking a Merlot. I'm not going to drink a Merlot. That was a really bad Paul Giamatti impression, but the energy was there, guys. Um... We're about to go into Twitter answers in a minute and then wrap down with our thunder round. But first, Bryce Claggett is in Boston right now and is back again this week as a sponsor of my podcast. So here now is his sponsor report he created especially for last week on Earth. Take it away, Bryce Claggett. And now from Boston, it's East Coast correspondent Bryce Claggett. Hello, Ben. Today I bring you breaking news on cats. Yes, cats. Everyone knows cats are tiny man-made mini-cougars with nine lives and a passion for deli meats, but can they fly? Some Boston residents now say yes after Sugar the Cat survived a 19-story fall from a Boston high-rise without injury last Thursday. Local vets say the cat used its body as a flying squirrel would to lessen its fall, but considering the cat's slack wing arms, if you ask this comedian, it's just the next step in feline aggressiveness, allowing them to directly claw you in the face via the sky. Myself, armed only with this tiny spray bottle of water, hopes that this isn't the case, but simply another botched suicide attempt by which to escape an overzealous cat owner who called the cat presumably adorable, yet in actuality quite creepy names one too many times. This has been Bryce Claggy reporting, and now back to you, Ben. Thank you, Bryce. Thank you, Bryce. That was moving. You can follow Bryce Claggett at Bristle, B-R-I-S-S-L-E on Twitter, and uh, support his comedy. Go out and check out his shows, Funny Young Man. Um, and, uh, thanks for, uh, being part of our show, Bryce. And, uh, now it's time for Twitter answers. You can follow me on Twitter at Ben Glebe, uh, and hashtag last week on earth to ask me questions or comments about the show that could be read on the air. But every week I ask you a question. And this week my question was, what's your biggest regret? And some very interesting questions or answers rather this week. Um, at the Gino show said, forgetting to tell the Chinese restaurant no MSG tonight, feeling like straight doo-doo balls and not in a good way. Is there a good way to feel straight doo-doo balls, Gino show? I don't believe so. At Jeff underscore spin, and I've said it before, get rid of the underscores in your handles, people. You can change your handle. Instead of saying Jeff Spin, you have to say underscore. It slows the whole flow. But at Jeff underscore spin says, I regret mentioning at my last PETA meeting. You know what I'd do if I had a big bag of flour? Very funny. Very funny. Um, at Green Bay Luby said, my biggest regret is still living in a time where we're talking about black and white issues. And this should be 
a thing of the past. I think that's so true. And she's obviously referring to the Trayvon Martin case. And, you know, up until, and hopefully we get to a better place from this. Hopefully we can channel this into positive energy and maybe Obama can help lead, lead the discussion a bit. He did this last week also say that Trayvon, if he had a son, would look a lot like Trayvon. Um, people were, Gingrich called it despicable that he even said that. He's like politicizing the issue like that. And it's, it's not despicable, Gingrich. Just relax. Not everything is, a, is an issue. But um, I think that it's it's uh, really telling about how we've progressed as a nation. It used to be when you'd mention another race, you'd yell it. And now we've progressed so far. Now when you mention another race, you just whisper it. It's a black guy. It's a white guy. It's a white guy over there. A white guy. And that's progress. Eventually, we'll just all see each other as the same, and we're getting there. So I couldn't agree with you any more on that. Um, at Eric Steigletter said, the imminent, his biggest regret is the imminent rise of a despotic corporate oligarchy crushed beneath the weight of its own injustice. Either that or Gogurt. I totally agree. I think Gogurt worse. Cause yogurt on the go that you drink out of some weird pouch, unnecessary. From minute one, the product is, is absurd. Um, unnecessary. At Geek Gamer Guy, said, being afraid to succeed for the first 33 years of my life. 1% here I come. And that one chicken Dallas. Uh, that's a little, the first part of your tweet, they're very deep. People sometimes have things, they put the roadblocks in the way of their own success. I do it sometimes. I'm a procrastinator sometimes. I make mistakes like we've talked about today. Um, but that's something you just got to decide is like, don't be afraid of success. Live the life you want to live. Or if, if you don't want to live the life you want to live, then don't live it. But make peace with that and realize you actually then are living the life you want to live. Does that make any sense? We've talked about that, I think, last week on the show with Steve Agee. It's like when people pursue their dreams, it's not always a dream. When you make your dream a reality, it's now a reality. And it's hard work and it's tough. So if you pursue it, know that it's going to be hard work to succeed. And if you don't pursue it, know that you're keeping your life chill and you get a vacation every day. That's all I'm saying. Uh, at Natalie, at Natalia Provatas said, stole 300 bucks from my dad's wallet in high school. He blamed my mom for always taking his money. Now they're divorced. Oh, snapple dapple. You created the divorce of your parents by stealing funds. Just let this happen. Natalia. Holy balloon animals. That is a strong confessional response to my question there. Biggest regret. Deep one. At Zep74 said, not living at college after finishing high school. It's not missing the education that I regret. It's the partying slash lifestyle. Yeah, big mistake, dude. The greatest thing in the world is living away at college and going crazy for four years. We've all, you know, if you, if you go to college, it's like the whole reason. I didn't study for three seconds in college. I just partied my balls off and did comedy shit. But you gotta party when you're, it's, it's the, it's the whole reason. I wrote a column one time a long time ago called, or, or it was called dark side development. And the point of it was that if you're going to settle down one day, you have to have something to settle down from some wild time in your life that actually you need to relax from. If you've always been kind of boring and not doing shit, settling down is going to be like staying in a lounge chair, not breathing. So I think that's very important to have some fun. And on that end, at WWKCJD said, what I don't regret is using the promo code last week. It's going to be a great week if you know what I mean. Hashtag, I have a girlfriend, not a weirdo. Um, he used our, our promo code and bought some supplies. And you're not a weirdo, even if you don't have a girlfriend or someone in your life, 
Have fun with yourself. Have fun with randoms. Have fun with people in your life. Support our sponsor, AdamandEve.com. Promo code last week. At Empire or Jedi said that I ignored my common sense and ate a McRib. Yeah, don't be an idiot. Don't eat a McRib. The only thing I want to do when I see a McRib sandwich is rent an old Flintstone car and hang the sandwich off the side of the car and make the car tip. That's the only good. You know it's a bad-for-you sandwich when the sandwich itself can only be available once every 19 years. It takes the human system that long to get rid of and process a McRib sandwich. It's not a good sign. And uh, our last Twitter answer here is um, from It's Ya Boy Arash at Duty Arsh on Twitter, who said his biggest regret is not answering last week's question. And that, you know, that is a big one, Arash, because now you're not going to be able to get on the podcast. So, sucks to be you. However, there is always next week. Um, by the way, a couple quick plugs before the Thunder Round. Um, you can subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash bglieb, B-G-L-E-I-B. Follow me at Ben Glebe on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, and I'll be in Indianapolis at Morty's March 29th through 31st. This coming weekend, mortyscomedy.com for tickets. Fort Lauderdale, April 25th with Michael Yeo on the Hot Mess Show. Zanies in Nashville, April 26th through 29th with Ali Wong. Vegas at the Paris Hotel and Casino, May 3rd, 4th, and 5th with Arden Marine from Chelsea Lately. And uh, go to BenGlebe.com for all those dates if I set them too fast. Um, and uh, that being said, it's time for the Thunder Round. A weed delivery man attacked by ninjas. In West Covina, California, CBS reports, a medical marijuana delivery man was still shaken up days later after he described being robbed by two men dressed as ninja warriors. The robbers used their martial arts getup to conceal their identity as they got away with a huge bag of weed. Um, the delivery man was not hurt in the robbery, but um, you can definitely assume it killed his high. I think that is a fact. And police said suspects are in their 20s, approximately 5'8 in height, and thin in stature. And anybody with information is supposed to call the West Covina police. So if you see two thin guys dressed as ninjas, call the cops. Uh, in other weird crime and weapon news, a Florida man defended his restaurant with a sword. For crying out loud, the Daytona Beach News Journal reports Anthony Brisbane was working at Captain Steamer's Oyster Bar, my favorite steamed oyster bar that I've never been to, 5.20 in the morning when he found a masked man in the kitchen. He armed himself, Brisbane, with a sword with a broken handle and pressed it into the suspect's stomach. The suspect, 29-year-old Trevor Pufal, armed with a tire iron, then struck Brisbane three times in the head. Poofall then dropped his tire iron, and he and Brisbane fought for the sword. Then Brisbane shoved Poofall on the floor and slammed a beer bottle into his head. Then Brisbane grabbed a screwdriver, pointed it at Poofall's neck, and walked him outside where the police were already waiting. Could there have been any more random items involved in this, in this skerfuffle, if that's a word? What are these guys, a cartoon? Then one guy grabbed a banana. The other stuck his head inside an accordion while both of them fought each other with gloves made of giant hams. 
I mean, that is a large litany of lascivious and L-word items. Lascivious didn't fit there, but I wanted to get a run of L's going, and I didn't. I failed on the L run, guys. John Edwards adamantly denies prostitutes. Last Thursday, denied a report that he used New York's millionaire madam to get laid while he was in New York getting funds and doing fundraising for his failed presidential bid angrily decided to uh, say that is not true. So he happily admits to cheating on his wife who was dying of cancer, making a sex video with his documentarian, but just no hookers. He's got a line, people. Um, and an interesting story. Children, apparently, are 51 times more likely to have their identity stolen than adults. That just came out last week. I don't know if that's true, but my new name is Timmy. I'm seven. This podcast is going to start covering a lot more Spongebob news. First thing I'd like to get to the bottom of is, why are his pants square? Why? Um, apparently, social security numbers can be stolen from children to buy cards, apply for credit, and obtain driver's licenses. So, um, of those under 18 especially. So, smartmoney.com reports that credit companies and others are responding by offering monthly services to promise that they will protect you from identity theft for children. Here's a better idea. How about not give credit cards to children? How about that plan? I had one, and my life was in ruins for 25 years after that. And they're charging 30 bucks a month as protection. Equifax charging that. 30 bucks for 30 domes a month. I'd almost rather have my identity stolen. This was my opinion. I'm a seven-year-old boy named Timmy. Angelina Jolie breaks her silence about the leg incident. The Oscars, when she just randomly poked her leg out there, and everybody made fun of her for it. She addressed it, interviewed the Huffington Post. She said, I honestly didn't pay attention to it. You know what I mean? I heard something, but I didn't pay any attention. It's as simple as being a woman, picking a dress you like, and having a night, and not really thinking about anything else. So she addressed it by not saying shit about it. Fortunately, her leg had a much more interesting statement. And his angel Lee's leg said, Oh, look, at, listen, I don't get a lot of coverage. She's always talking, talking, save the world, adopt another baby. But what do I ever get? Well, occasionally I get a pedicure. The rest of the time, I get razors thrown all over me. I get Brad Pitt licking me. So I'm not interested in that. What I'm interested in is attention and media coverage. And this is my time. And I'm going out there. And I'm going straight to the top. I'm going to be the first leg to win an Oscar. Do you want me to shut up now? That's no problem. Oh, that's no problem. And our last story. On last week on Earth, porn star Megan Piper prohibited from attending prom. Hard to say that fast. High school senior Mike Stone will not be able to attend his high school prom with porn star Megan Piper. Um, his school district in Minnesota said no. He went on Twitter and invited all these porn stars. Two said yes. He chose this one. And the school said you cannot bring a porn star to your prom. But cool of the school. They're not punishing him. They just called him in and said you can't do it. Okay. And the porn star herself, 19 years old, was disappointed. She acknowledged the school was acting in the best interest of their students, but she wanted to go to the prom. She missed her own prom. Okay? She said, and I quote, she was looking forward to meeting Stone's parents, receiving a corsage, posing for a picture with his friends, doing all the normal things kids would be doing for prom. In between her shoots, sucking a lot of cock and getting banged by a billion guys. And I'm not judging that. Believe me, I support that industry. All I'm saying is it's a heart-wrenching story, and especially sad because this young man is being deprived of what would undoubtedly have been a grade-A professional BJ, which might actually be the silver lining to this story, if you think about it, because 
He would have had too high of expectations going into college. And no young boy needs that for the rest of your life to be a letdown. So maybe it all worked out for the best. I thank you all for listening, and I leave you with Mumford and Sons, Little Lion Man. Until last week next week, this has been Last Week on Earth. Weep, little lion man, you're not as brave as you were at the start. Rate yourself and rake yourself, take all the courage you have left. You wasted on fixing all the problems that you made in your own head. But it was not your fault but mine, and it was your heart on the line. I really fucked it up this time, didn't I, my dear? Didn't I, my This has been a production of Smodcast Internet Radio.